0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. And I'm Rita. And today we have a very special guest. We have our loyal listener (laughs) and my sister, Amanda.
1: Yay. Hi.
0: (laughs) So this means that my family is in town this weekend. So you may hear my dad in the background. Just ignore it. And... (laughs) I also okay. wanted to preface my allergies have been really bad so if I'm sniffling and stuff in this episode I apologize. So, okay. <laughs> we are back after a I just long... think
1: it's funny what you think people are care about when they're listening.
0: I don't know what people are Where gonna I, care about. When our one listener listens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's so, right Am- here. so Amanda, when you listen to this, just know <laughs> dad was in the background.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll remember that. Okay.
0: And We are back after a longer than anticipated break, (laughs) as always. It's kind of becoming our thing. If we say two weeks, expect four weeks. If we say one month, expect three months. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back with a new season. And what's our season on this time?
1: Rom-coms.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love rom-coms. It was your idea. I know. I genuinely think it's one of my favorite movie genres. Obviously, sci-fi is like... We know. The best. (laughs) But I think you're kind of hard-pressed to find a genre of movies that kind of covers all the bases. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you cry. There might be a little excitement and action, maybe. Fear. Fear.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of sci-fi movies with fear as a factor. Yeah, no,
0: I think, as I told Rita when we were talking about this last time that you probably remember, I think sci-fi is the most versatile genre you can kind of explore anything in sci-fi but i think rom-coms just kind of they're the whole package as far as like movie entertainment goes for me Mm -hmm. you might not get the horror element which i do like but i just think (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot i don't know you might what's that happy death day you might also if you're afraid of commitment qualify
2: that as a rom-com
0: it's very funny and she falls in love
2: yeah, but that's not the focus the focus of a rom-com is the romantic part yeah like everything else is yeah. just filler
0: yeah it's not like the horror in happy death day was the <laughs> thing that was keeping them apart in their relationship but
1: i don't know anyway. david some people could be afraid of commitment that could be scary <laughs> it is scary <laughs> the horror that's why
0: i watch horror movies and rom-coms because they have the two scariest things in them to me oh, <laughs> murder And commitment. (laughs) (laughs) One could
1: lead to the other. True. I mean, David, how long did it take you to commit to a couch? So
0: Very true. Yeah. I just am very specific about the things that I choose.
1: But you got the same couch that you have (laughs) in the other room. (laughs) So you did all that. It wasn't
0: my fault. I mean, it was exactly my fault that I thought that couch was off limits because I already owned one.
1: Fake news.
0: (laughs) Anyways, rom-coms. We already did some episodes on some of our favorite rom-coms. I think that crazy rich Asians and just friends probably would have made this list had they not already been decided. And then I think that one of the problems that we came to with this was limiting it, like cutting it down to a manageable list because there's so many good rom coms that we both enjoy. So if your favorite didn't make it on this list, We'll probably do another season on rom com somewhere down the line. There's just so many good ones. This is just kind of what we picked. So if your favorite didn't make the list, keep it to yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, actually, I was gonna say if you think any of these aren't rom coms, Google it before you tell me, okay? Because I googled also, every single one of them. <laughs> Google
0: it and then keep it to yourself because <laughs> we don't care.
1: Well, because people are like, that's not a rom com, and I'm like, it literally says romance comedy when you look it up. Yeah. Which is the definition of rom-com.
0: Yeah. I may agree with some people on one of those, but we'll see. If it's- <laughs> I've never seen it, so we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> Google it. Google it. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about I'll that. fight you. <laughs> we'll talk about that when the time comes. Uh, if you have any ideas for movies you want us to talk about in the future, you can email us boxofficebrunchpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Instagram at boxofficebrunch. We still haven't even said podcast what
1: box office brunch podcast.
0: I don't think it's I think it's just box office brunch on. I don't know
1: anything.
3: (laughs) I checked before.
1: (laughs) I don't know anything. Okay. I'm I'm dumb.
0: Anyway, just search box office brunch and you'll find us. Yeah. There are no others. (laughs) We've taken them all out. (laughs) We're the last one. We're the Highlander. Anyway. Email us your suggestions. Maybe we'll put them on a list sometime down the line if your f- favorite didn't make it. What
1: do we have for brunch?
0: We got Thai pot because <laughs> it's not brunch time. It's nighttime.
1: It's 830 at night. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: brunch is whenever you want it to be.
1: And it can be whatever food you want it to be.
0: Yeah. So we got Thai pot. Obviously our favorite. We I think we've had it multiple times on the podcast mm-hmm. already. Yeah. But yeah. Mimosas. We did have mimosas. I actually remember to get orange juice yesterday when we went to the store instead of look at that like looking at the expiration date. I didn't check the expiration date, but I'm uh, hoping it's fine. It tastes fine. Okay, I'm
1: sure we'll be fine.
0: Anything else we need to say before we jump into it?
1: <laughs> get your shit. Let's go. Okay.
0: All right, so (laughs) clearly it's been a while and we're a little rusty and I couldn't remember before the break if we typically announced what we were talking about before or after and rita informed me that it was before so if it sounded like i was kind of droning on trying to figure out if there was anything else that's what it was so what are we talking about today
1: 10 things i hate about you the movie yes not 10 things (laughs) i hate about you
0: yeah this is actually therapy this is a live break that's why your sister's here it's an intervention (laughs) she's the mediator between us. no
1: it's for yeah no she's gonna tell you all her problems with you
0: oh yeah oh oh god (laughs) this is an ambush (laughs) is what it is (laughs) i'm kidding no so we wanted to start other than by telling you we're doing 10 things i hate about you we're also going to start with our typical question we're going to ask our guest Mm -hmm. since it is her first time on here what is your history with movies how did you kind of fall in love with movies. Obviously, I was there for some of it (laughs) since we grew up together. But was there any like moment where you were like thought about how much you like movies or whatever?
2: Not really. I just so growing up, I was always told this story about when we lived in Germany and mom would be like in the kitchen or in some other room and she would have put on Star Wars for me and I would holler from the couch to wherever she was for her to come in and read the saga as it was being <laughs> laid out because I was like four. So I could not read. Yeah. Um. So that story has always stuck in my mind. And just in general, movies was always something we did as a family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times cleaning the house we would just put on like TNT or TBS or whichever had, whichever one TV guide said had like the movies that sounded good to us. We would Mm -hmm. just put one of those channels on and movies would be playing in the background as we were like cleaning out the fridge or vacuuming or just whatever. Movies have always been a part of just daily life for our family. And so like going to the movies on Sundays after church. Like, specifically, I remember going and getting the newspaper.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not because we gave any.
0: Not because we care. wanted the news. Yeah. Not because we <laughs> yeah. wanted to
2: read about the news or anything. We just wanted that, like, small little three by four square. That told <laughs> in you the what corner. movies were
0: playing that day and at what times. Yeah. So, oh, that's cool.
2: That was like, we would get donuts and then we'd go pick this up from the corner by that entire store and mm-hmm. then we would figure out what we were going to do the rest of the day. So yeah. And like it's our Christmas tradition and I think there for a while we did it around Thanksgiving too but like it's just something we've always done. Yeah. And movies
0: have always been a big part of our family. Whether it was going to get movies from Blockbuster on the on Friday nights and coming back and just watching the movie as a family but that was always like family time was movies and it was it just kind of was that our whole lives
2: yeah absolutely and still is we're yeah out here visiting in colorado and you would think <laughs> let's get outside and get all this mountain air or yeah sit around and watch movies that one or none of us have seen and discussed them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, it's just, that's what we do. That's what I do when I go home for Christmas and my dad and my sister are usually like, are you getting enough out of your trip? Like, did you want to do anything? And I was like, Nope, I'm doing it. I want to go home and not have to work and sit in front of the TV and veg and we'll do other stuff. That sounded really bad (laughs) in retrospect. Not
1: really. Not when it's a break.
0: Yeah. It's not like that's all I do all the time for my whole life. It's just like when I'm in like vacation, relax mode, I want to veg.
2: Yeah, definitely. And there's also an element to like me as a kid, watching the original star Wars. All right. Episodes four <laughs> five and six, let's be clear. <laughs> just there are certain movies that are just near and dear to our hearts and yeah. You can put them on at any point, depending on what kind of day you're having. If you're having a real crap day and you know there's a movie that just is always going to amp you up, like for me, Devil Wears Prada and Working Girl are two movies that really help me when I'm struggling. And then there are other days where you're just, I just want to have something fun and poppy in the background and... Rom-coms are great for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you were actually talking about it yesterday about how you were doing something around the house and you had like some criteria for a movie that you wanted. Like she ended up watching the new Avatar Avatar because she was like, I want something that's going to be like visually entertaining, but not a story that I necessarily need to pay a lot of attention to to know what's going on. I guess that kind of answers my next question would be like, do you have a comfort movie? So you said Working Girl and Devil Wears Prada.
2: It really depends on what's Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. at the time. Devil Wears Prada and Working Girl are really good movies for me when I'm having a rough time at work Mm -hmm. because both are about struggling in work and finding Mm -hmm. your path and figuring it out and empowering women in the workplace. So both of those are great for that. Um, Also, it's just really fun to see the fashion montage yeah. throughout Devil Wars Prada and young Harrison Ford and working girl is just
0: choice. Would you say you have a favorite movie? Yes. What would you say? it My
2: is? My absolute number one favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. I
0: knew it. Okay. I was right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it has not changed since I don't even know. When. Probably you were
0: 14 or something.
2: Oh God. No, I, I, it was like
0: even younger. Yeah.
2: It was a prime choice for me. Way before then, because at one point we went out to Arizona and we were told we could bring movies with us.
3: Okay. And I
2: took Shawshank Redemption and our grandmother told me that we couldn't watch it. Because Why? of certain, the very first scene. Oh, it's yeah. been
0: so long since I've seen this movie.
2: Oh, the, the, there, there's a there's a sex scene in the like first five minutes when he's on trial. Mm. And because of that scene, <laughs> we were not allowed to watch it yet we could watch other Titanic. No,
3: um, no uh, liar, that liar. Wouldn't have
0: boobies in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, liar. liar's not any better.
2: I know exactly. That was kind of my point. I was like I in
1: your bra. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like you can watch Shawshank Redemption over liar. Liar.
2: I mean, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah that's really
1: cool though. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of nice to have somebody who has a film that isn't like the usual suspects. For yeah. people, yeah,
2: or like the actual movie, The Usual Suspects, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> no. that's true because that's a wonderful movie. <laughs> well, that would be fine, but I feel like most people are like, do pick like a rom com or something for their favorite, yeah. that's fair, you know, versus yeah. like a really deep film, yeah. I mean, my favorite, see, like me, my favorite
0: movie is Empire Records, so <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm talking is about my movie. <laughs> it is the matrix but i also feel like that's kind of a
1: that's like expected yeah right because of how well
0: it's yeah it is interesting because i would say that on most lists i've seen the shawshank redemption is like very close to the top of the best movies of all time yeah if it's not number one it's very close to the top so i think it's it's interesting that it's not a more like common occurrence in terms of like the cultural lexicon and stuff like that
2: i think it's it's a topic that a lot of people aren't comfortable with
3: sure yeah
2: um i mean it's prison after all and everything that happens in prison
0: and also things like the matrix probably get brought up more because they're dragging that franchise out and so it's still something it's still a topic of conversation at times whereas like the shawshank redemption it was like one and done we did it it's like even the silence of the lambs i would say there's been like hannibal the TV show and stuff like that. So it's still kind of been in the cultural consciousness. Yes. And whereas like the Shawshank Redemption, although it's a fantastic movie, is like more easily not thought of. I don't want to say forgotten, but yeah.
2: And it's also like the themes in it are about, you know, it really should be one that our culture looks at more and discusses more because it's, the topics are so deeply entrenched in being resilient and holding on to hope and maintaining a sense of self in the face of extreme neglect and diversity and negativity and how important those bonds that keep us tethered are when you're in those kinds of situations because like the friendship between tim robbins character and morgan freeman's character is just it's what keeps both of them alive and involved but yeah yeah definitely yeah. it's just
0: i'm gonna have to check it out uh, again because it's been a very very long time since i've seen it
2: we'll probably watch it on you yeah sure. i will watch it anytime anyone wants to watch i also it. feel like it's
0: for me it's one it's definitely a very heavy movie yeah and so it's not necessarily one that like you just want to watch something fun on a friday like that's not going to be the one you pick <laughs> yeah it's good though it's very good it's very mm-hmm. good it's i feel like we did a movie recently where we talked about how like it's very good but it's not necessarily something you can just like watch all the time mm-hmm. so anyway enough of this <laughs> yikes <laughs> Yeesh. you're in rare form <laughs> sorry
1: well, I thought it would be interesting to get into, to talk about the history of rom-coms really quick. Sure. Um, so I found a, a website called the review geek. So this was written by MSC. So it's just a brief history of the rom-com, how romantic comedies have evolved over time. So rom-coms are obviously romantic comedies, but the formula makes up a genre that can be dated back
0: to William Shakespeare and his <gasps> plays such wow. as
1: the merchant of Venice and a Midsummer night's dream.
0: There may be another one that kind of mirrors this movie we're watching yeah. today. but
1: <laughs> <laughs> And uh, two people meet, have a conflict of some sort, and then reunite to live happily ever after. That's the basic gist. They've only been around since 1924 with the silent film Sherlock Jr. and Girl Shy. And they have evolved numerous times over the last century before becoming what we know right now. So the genre began in like the 20s and 30s. It was a comedy of manner, so the trope, was liked basically during the great depression during the worst economic downturn they were just pretty much when a rich person falls in love with someone who is not wealthy and suddenly sees the beauty in life without money mm. that was a basic gist in the 20s and 30s and then you get into the late 30s and early 40s and the genre evolved into screwball comedies hmm so more witty female characters
0: slapstick that's yeah of stuff, yeah
1: that kind of stuff she lists a movie called the 1940 hit uh, Philadelphia Story. I've never seen that. Have nope. either of you?
0: Nope.
1: And the female-centric approach is stitched deeply in the rom-com fabric throughout all the decades. So then there was the sex comedies, which spanned from the 50s to the early 70s, and they were focused on sexual tension and the differences between men and women. And, it was
0: like Marilyn Monroe type stuff.
1: Yeah, Battle of the Sexes, those kinds of things the early days of the enemies to lovers kind of trope, Mm -hmm. which I found pretty interesting. And then it says the sexual revolution of that time brought another style in the 1970s, radical romantic comedies. The happily ever after was no longer a requirement as people were beginning to look at romance with a mere cynical and sex-driven eye and wanted to focus on self-love and fulfillment. Hmm. So a popular example is Annie Hall. Never seen it. 1977
0: look at us we're gonna talk about rom-coms and we don't know shit about them
1: and then in the later years the genre did a full 180 and made way for neo-traditional romantic comedies so they were the complete opposite of the radical comedies they focused on romance uh romantic love was once again put on a pedestal that's like sleepless in seattle okay and affair to remember those kinds of things and then nowadays it's still in the neo-traditional category but it's becoming frequent for these films to have a more cynical spin on the love story. Um, It's actually really hard to find rom-coms nowadays that are even being made because it's really not, it's not an attractive genre I think anymore for people.
0: Yeah. When I looked up a list of like rom-coms, the majority of them were from like the nineties into two thousands and then like older.
1: Yeah. And now the box office is full of Marvel films and
0: yeah, they're more like baity. And very, like, spectacle-driven.
1: Yeah. And so that's pretty much the history of the rom-com. Interesting. So William Shakespeare's the reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do think that there are some. Like, they're sprinkled in, for sure, because, like, Crazy Rich Asians is relatively recent.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good example, too. And, But it's hard to find things that are original like that.
0: Yeah, it's true. To All the Boys I Loved Before was another good one. You haven't watched XOXO Kitty? I haven't. I haven't even watched the second or third movie in the trilogy. Mm, yeah. Anyway, today we're talking about the quintessential rom-com as far as I'm concerned. At least I think like when I think of rom-coms, this is the first one that comes to mind.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good one and it embodies. I think that whole enemies to lovers kind of thing and yeah, but it has a strong female character, which I like. Yes. And I think is a little bit more attractive in terms of a rom-com.
0: Yeah. I think this movie kind of has it all as far as like what you'd want in a rom-com. Mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting that also you mentioned like it being female centric kind of has been interwoven in it. I think that that's kind of where that the term chick flick came from for a long time. Oh yeah. I feel like I haven't heard that term in a while, but I think because they were female led a lot of the time that led to people seeing them as like a, a female targeted film. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'll agree with you. And even like, it's it's not fun. But um, I mean, you love rom coms, but mm-hmm. like, it's kind of hard to find guys who are willing to own up to liking them because yeah. it's been viewed as chick flicks. And so, like, a real man's not going to like a rom com, right? Blah,
3: blah, it's right? like
0: that whole like men don't wear pink thing that right. was a thing for a while, yeah. And I actually, one of the, a YouTuber that I like who does like movie commentary, he had a video where he watched The Devil Wears Prada. And even in that, the title was Straight Man Watches a Devil Wears Prada. Ew. Which, like, I think was a very common thing about that movie. Again, because it's like a female driven thing, I think it's kind of just like become that, like, if it has a female lead, it's supposed to be for women, which I think is bullshit. Movies are for people. And,. If it's a good movie, then you're not. And you're a people. And I'm a people. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think that like when movies start trying to be pushed towards a certain demographic, it makes the movie worse. Just make a good movie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: 10 things I hate about you. Do you have facts about this one or do you want me to? Yeah. Okay.
1: It was directed by Gil Junger. I looked up the pronunciation. It's not younger. I Junger. thought it
0: was Jill Younger, and I thought it was a woman at first. No,
1: Gil Younger. <laughs> it released March thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. Both of those are
0: backwards as far as like <laughs> what I thought they were going to be. Yeah, it's
1: I not know. special, but released March thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. Total budget thirteen million. Box office finished at sixty point four million. In its opening weekend, the film grossed eight point three million in two thousand two hundred seventy one theaters domestically. Finishing second at the box office behind The
0: Matrix. Yeah, it actually was released <laughs> the same weekend, which is yep. weird because this movie feels older. Not like it doesn't feel like it was m- older. It just feels like I've known about it longer yeah. than The Matrix. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it grossed a total of thirty-eight point two million in the U.S. and Canada, and fifteen point three million in other territories for that total box office worldwide. And the synopsis is. A high school boy, Cameron, cannot date Bianca until her antisocial older sister, Kat, has a boyfriend. So Cameron pays a mysterious boy, Patrick, to charm Kat. But really, he gets somebody else to pay the mysterious
0: boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then before we jump into the cast, I wanted to introduce a new section into this season because I thought it'd be interesting. I thought it'd be something cool to talk about for this one it's not as spicy and salacious as i thought it was going to be but it's the rotten tomato score mm-hmm. because i feel like these movies do often get unfairly like bombed by critics they're like oh it's just such like it's all fluff or like whatever so what did it get so this actually got a 71 percent positive out of 83 reviews but from critics what i did find interesting was that almost a third of those were after 2010 Oh, Like they were relatively recent and the audience score was actually 69. So it was super close, Hmm. but that was out of (laughs) 250,000 reviews. So
1: my rating is going to be way different than that. It's okay.
0: But anyways, I thought it was going to be a lot more spicy. Like I looked up sweet home Alabama, which is kind of like a guilty pleasure one of mine. And that got a 38% from critics and a 78 ooh, from audience. Wow. So I thought they were gonna be like wider and we'd be like, ooh, these critics, they, they hated this movie, but we love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not as scandalous. Yeah, it's
0: not as scandalous as I thought it was gonna be for this one at least, but we'll see what some of the ones we do next. Yeah. So not much to talk about there. Seems yeah. like pretty much everybody loved it and loves it. It did mention that it's become a cult classic, so maybe it wasn't super Great. popular at the time. And maybe that re- explains like, why some of the reviews are more recent.
1: So you were concerned about your dad opening that fruit, but did you just hear that firework?
0: Uh, Let's hope it was a firework.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the month where we play or the part of the year where we play (laughs) the game (laughs) was that gunshots or fireworks. True. (laughs) Anyways, the cast Heath Ledger as Patrick Verona, a charming and rebellious student who's hired to date Kat Stratford so that her younger sister, Bianca can start dating Julia Stiles as Kat Stratford a strong-willed and independent teenager known for her sharp tongue and feminist beliefs. She initially despises the idea of dating, but her relationship with Patrick begins to change her perspective. Joseph Gordon-Levitt asks Cameron James, a new student who falls in love with Bianca Stratford at first sight. He enlists the help of Patrick to win her heart and navigates the challenges of high school romance. It's weird to think they're in high school. (laughs) They all look like they're in their
0: 30s. The weird thing was I looked it up
1: They were teenagers. Yeah.
0: I think Julia Stiles was 17 when this was filmed. And then we were watching it earlier today and the scene where Patrick's drinking beer. I was like, oh, that's probably because Heath Ledger actually is old enough to drink. And no, he was like 19 when this was filmed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was old enough to drink in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. But not by much. Not by much. Larissa Olenek as Bianca Stratford, a popular and beautiful teenager who desires to date, but is held back by her strict father's rules that she can only do so, again, if her sister cat does. David Crumholtz as Michael Ekman. He's Cameron's friend and a fellow student who assists him in pursuing Bianca. He's pretty much the comic relief and is seen kind of as the voice of reason for the most yeah. part. Andrew Keegan as Joey Eat Me Donner. <laughs> a conceited and popular jock who initially desires to date Bianca for her looks. He becomes a rival to Cameron and Patrick in the pursuit of Bianca's affection. Susan May Pratt as Mandela. That's Kat's best friend who supports her feminist ideals and encourages her to open up to new experiences and is also obsessed with William Shakespeare. (gasps) I wonder why.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: And then Larry Miller as Walter Stratford. Walter is Kat and Bianca's overprotective dad. He's an obstetrician. He has strict rules about dating and, is determined to keep his daughters from getting pregnant. And then I think I just didn't get the two, the principal and the teacher.
0: Did you mention Gabrielle Union?
1: Oh, no. That's not Bianca's
0: best friend, plays not really, Chastity. Though. Daryl Mitchell as Mr. Morgan, who's their English teacher. Allison Janney as Miss Perky, who's the uh, guidance counselor who's <laughs> writing a spicy <laughs> novel. About Brought <bratwurst. laughs> Worse. Yeah. David Leisure as Mr. Chapman, the coach of the girls' soccer team. Greg Jackson as Scurvy, who's a friend of Patrick. Kyle Cece, I guess, as Bogey Lowenstein, who's a MBA, <laughs> hopeful and golf enthusiast.
1: That must be Nigel with the
2: Brie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the- remember, guys, don't touch anything. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then the band's letters to Cleo and Mm -hmm. Save Ferris were also featured in this. All of their members were featured in the credits, but I'm not going to run through them.
1: Fair. Should we watch the trailer?
0: Sure. Do we want to put out a trigger warning before we get too far? Go for it. Okay. So just a quick trigger warning that if we're talking about Heath Ledger, the subject of death may come up potentially substance abuse and then there's a fun fact that mentions suicide so trigger warning for those topics maybe don't
1: call that a fun fact maybe say it's like trivia
0: okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) you're correct one of the trivia points that we have mentions
3: suicide
1: good all right let's watch the trailer okay
3: 10 Things I Hate About You. The 10th Anniversary Special Edition on Blu-ray and DVD. No one
1: will go out with her. What about him? I heard he ate a live duck once. Featuring breakout performances from Academy Award winner Heath Ledger. So you two are gonna help me tame the wild beast.
3: And Julia Stiles.
0: People perceive you as somewhat tempestuous. Ah! Heinous witch is the term used most often.
3: It's the movie that proves that for every girl, there's a perfect guy.
1: Was that a yes? No. But then was that a no? No. This is not good. Includes
3: exclusive all new bonus features. Ah! 10 Things I Hate About You, the 10th Anniversary Special Edition on Blu ray and DVD.
0: Well, that was a much older trailer. (laughs) That wasn't the original. What? But it was
1: also talking about bonus scenes and it actually listed Heath Ledger as best supporting actor. I know, which happened in The Dark Knight
0: nine years later. Because this is yeah. the 10th anniversary trailer. Mm-hmm. So it also had a sensor in it, which fuck that. <laughs> no, it's this
1: podcast won't have censorship in it. Yeah. In terms of that heinous witch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it made me want to watch the movie again. I just I watched know. it.
0: I've watched it twice this week and I'd watch it again right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's
1: fantastic. Zach had never seen it. So when I we were watching it last night, he was like really into it. <laughs> And he laughed at all the parts our, that were
0: funny. And. Our dad was watching it, I think, for the first time hmm. today. He wasn't paying, like, he wasn't, like, glued to the TV like it sounds like Zach was, but he enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. So. Zach thought the part where he's like, there's a dick on my face, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was so funny. <laughs> fun,
0: Which fun fact yeah. about that, I'm sure you know. Yeah. <laughs> Joey or Andrew Keegan actually didn't know how to draw a penis. A penis, And so David Crumholtz taught him so that he could draw it on his face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't that funny?
0: Did he? I wonder, did he also teach him how to draw the boobs that Joey was drawing on the lunch tray? Maybe. I don't know. I, it didn't specify.
1: Well, Zach kept saying, how do I know that guy? How do I know? Not Joey, but Michael. And oh, I said yeah. Bernard in the Santa Claus. Yeah. He was like,
2: oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about that. But he's also in
1: Serenity. Oh, he is. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So I forgot about that one. <laughs> and Zach was all like, wow, he he's really skinny in the Santa Claus. And I said, I think he's also younger. younger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the Santa Claus was like 1995, 1994, something like that. Mm-hmm. And this was 1999. So yeah, it was quite a bit later. Well, this movie featured, from basically everybody's opinion at the time, breakout roles for Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They were kind of universally loved, even if the movie wasn't. They most people appreciated their performances. Yeah. So this was actually Heath Ledger's first American movie. He beat out
1: Ashton Kutcher and Josh Hartnett. Josh
0: Hartnett as like were the other. Two people, they wouldn't I have been good running. bad boys no. at all. No, especially Ashton Kutcher. I feel like he could not have been serious about it. No, no, not
2: at all. And Josh Hartnett, he he's just he's he he's not the bad boy type.
1: No, you're right. He's the clean cut, yeah, rule yeah. follower. Yeah, yeah. Well, I told Zach that the scene where Patrick serenades Cat when I first watched it when I was young was the reason I fell in love with his character (laughs) (laughs) yes, and had a huge crush on Heath Ledger. I think every person who is interested in men, okay, female or male, fell in love with Heath Ledger at that moment.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's accurate. But also, like, the whole paintball scene is one of my all-time favorites. And it's like that... I want to have that kind of fun with my romantic partner. Like, that's what I want to do. I just want to go out and have a blast and just... I, I think don't they want to shoot each other with paintballs, but like squishing it in your face sounds like a lot yeah. of fun.
0: I think that they have one of the better first kiss buildups. Yeah, like there's just enough like antagonism and tension <laughs> and fun and like trusting, and there's like just a perfect balance of things that lead up to their first kiss.
2: Yeah, like being turned down after vomiting on his shoes.
0: Yeah, and in that <laughs> in that scene, I don't know if it's if I'm looking into it too much, but it al- it almost looks like she smiles a little bit when he turns her down. It's almost like she's surprised that he's not taking advantage of her. And while she's like hurt that she's being turned down, she's also kind of impressed that he's like not taking advantage of her.
2: I didn't see it as being impressed just as, oh, okay. Like- fine yeah like you go after me real hardcore and now i am offering myself to you and you turn me down yeah she seemed why little,
0: am i she not was, oh, surprised she was absolutely hurt and mad but i think that there was also a certain amount of like her she thought she like could read everybody and she like wasn't expecting that from him
1: i took it as she was just kind of taken aback and her laugh was more of like a, the audacity of this idiot yeah more than like
0: I thought it was like disbelief.
1: Yeah. More than like, oh, I'm impressed. I think she's more just like, oh, who the hell do you think think you are?
0: But I think that it's kind of part of her character that she feels like she already knows what everybody wants and expects and is going to do. And when somebody actually goes against that, she's kind of caught off guard. Yeah. I think definitely primarily like, hurt and pissed off
1: yeah well that wouldn't have been that would have kind of been a cheesy kiss anyway yeah for I sure like that was very much an overdone thing i think that he made the comes. right
0: move in the end yeah like it was the right call not to kiss her in that moment
1: and i do love the paintball scene yeah i love when he <laughs> tricks her you know he's like come in he like hugs her and then he hits her on the head with it yeah I've always wanted to. I don't think they offer things like that.
0: I have never been I able don't to think, find it. I don't even think that was real. I think it was set up in like just some parking lot.
1: Yeah. And they were probably like, let's not have them shoot each other with, yeah. No Cause guns. I've,
0: I've also noticed that there's nobody else in that park. Like they're the only two yeah, people playing. That is true. At any point.
1: See, I just took it as, you know,
2: it's the middle of the day. It's so a school day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah was that's a, true.
1: There was a trivia about that. Let
0: me find it. Okay. So. I think we normally try to do like a likes versus dislikes, but I don't have any dislikes. And I think all we're talking about is what we like about this movie. So (laughs) I don't know that we can necessarily go into that.
1: I think I didn't like Bianca. Oh, yeah. I can say that. I mean, I understand Bianca being a younger sibling who their mom left and maybe didn't have as much responsibility as Kat placed on her. But I just felt... Like I didn't like her for most of the film. I like yeah. her at the end. I feel yeah. like maybe her character gets redeemed a smidge, but I still think Cameron should have just been. She's like definitely F you. like
0: she's definitely like a selfish, self-absorbed, snotty girl. Yeah, I don't but think
2: you're supposed to like her.
0: I also, what I appreciate about her is that they, like, that's not all she is. Right. She she gets a moment where, like, Cameron asks her, have you always been this selfish? She says, yes. So like (laughs) she is like self-aware. I think at times
2: you can see her becoming more self-aware that Mm -hmm. like what she's trying to achieve, especially by dating um, Joey is. Like you can see it every time he's droning on about his modeling career and she's just, she looks exhausted and over it. Pretty much
0: everything after she gets the ride in the car, every interaction they have just about is like, she likes being seen with him because he's obviously very pleasant on the eyes. But anytime they're having any kind of conversation or any sort of discourse, she is like, oh, this is not what I wanted.
2: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like you see her... I honestly think she has the most growth through the movie. Yeah, because yeah. like, and and both of them, Kat and Bianca both took, you see it in how they are reacting to society and the expectations and how they're um, dealing with their mom's abandonment, basically like Kat becomes self-sufficient, self-aware, completely involved in like the big topics. And you can see that in her reading bell jar and reverencing Sylvia Plath and um, all her feminist ideals, whereas Bianca takes it, well, mom left, so I'm just going to be as popular as possible to not experience that pain again.
0: I think they're definitely very polar opposites in terms of like, their personalities. Kat <laughs> is trying to do everything she can to stay out of sight. And out of the spotlight whereas like bianca is like chasing the spotlight yeah definitely yeah.
1: yeah and in some ways maybe bianca's looking for somebody to just take care of her yeah so true but i didn't like her Correct. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's something i didn't like about the fl- so the paintball area was shot at seattle's gas works park on the edge of lake union normally a family park and picnic area
0: oh okay so it wasn't exactly a parking lot <laughs> it no. was a park but close I would say the one thing that I didn't like, and it wasn't necessarily—it's definitely not something that takes you out of the film at all—but it was just something I noticed this time. Was like, how did Bogey Lowenstein not know about the party? Literally everybody else in school knew about it.
3: (laughs) How did that miss him
0: and his group? I
1: think because he was a narcissist. I think he was. He was self-absorbed.
0: I just think it's interesting that like he was a snob. He didn't seem to know that this was going to be happening at his house and none of his friends saw any of the flyers that they threw down the stairs and went like, hey, is this real? Is this really what we're going to on Friday? Like everybody knew about it except for them. That was the only thing I noticed, though, because I was like, <laughs> would he not know?
1: That was such a 90s film. Yeah, scene it really is when they throw the. Yeah, I love it, though. <laughs> that song
0: is perfect yep. for that, that spiral down the stairs, the yeah. staircase while you're looking up. It's so good. This movie is like the, the quintessential '90s movie rom-com movie. It's mm-hmm.
2: based on a yes. William
1: Shakespeare play. <gasps> yeah.
0: <gasps> Spoiler:
1: The Taming of the Shrew. Yes, it's actually referenced a lot in the film. Yes, the I. Michael says, "You know, we need help with taming the, this." Or wild he beast. says he almost got hit by the shrew. Yeah, the, when she the, almost hits him.
0: Yeah, he puts a bunch bunch of adjectives the shrew herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So remove (laughs)
1: head from sphincter then drive
0: (laughs) and obviously cat's friend mandela is obsessed with shakespeare they're talking about shakespeare in english class i didn't notice quite how many references there were to shakespeare until relatively recently same i i had known for a long time that it was based off of the taming of the shrew but i never like made that connection
2: you mean as far as, like, all the references? Yeah, as far okay, as, yeah. like,
0: it being based on Shakespeare and then having a lot of Shakespeare references as well.
2: Yeah. The only I one never... that I really remembered was just the um, Mandela
0: getting the, yeah. the yeah. gown
2: and them being dressed up. Like, But I never actually made the connection. That,
0: that... they're also talking about it in English and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or, or when Cameron first sees Bianca.
0: Yeah, he actually has a direct quote from Oh, that's right. I what is it I
1: I burn I pine I perish or yeah, something yeah. like that which I thought was so random for a teenager to just randomly say out of nowhere but and then I think when you think about it, it kind of played on the play like yeah, yeah definitely. definitely
0: and apparently also cruel to be kind which is one of the big songs in the movie that's a a line from Hamlet I believe yes Hamlet or Macbeth Yes, <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those two. Don't quote me. Do
1: you know that the title of the film, though, hasn't doesn't come from Shakespeare?
0: Yes, I did know that it came. from Remind me.
1: So the screenwriters, Karen McCullough revealed where the title came from. The oh, title's right. based on a diary entry I made in high school. I had a boyfriend named Anthony that I was frequently unhappy with. I made a list called things I hate about Anthony. <laughs> I when feel like if Kirsten you're writing Smith that in a journal about
0: your boyfriend, that's all the sign you need
1: (laughs) right when kirsten smith and i decided to write this i went through all of my high school diaries to bone up on the angsty memories and when i told her about that list she was like that's our title it turns out her ex-boyfriend likes the movie anthony is very proud of that fact we're still friends today and every now and then i'll get a random phone call in the middle of the night my nephew doesn't believe that this title is about me tell him on the phone i'm like yes i hated anthony in high school (laughs) (laughs) things i I hate
0: about anthony (laughs) Yeah, that's all the sign you need right there. You should not be dating Anthony. (laughs) I actually have some more fun facts about the list or the poem, I guess, the list of things that Kat hates. So the big one that I think is probably the more common one is that the scene in which Kat reads the 10 things poem was the first and only take. According to the DVD extras, Kat's tears towards the end of the poem were real and not planned. She was not supposed to cry. But I also think that that's why that, movie sticks in everybody's brain. Like why that move that scene that's like the best scene in the movie or one of the best scenes in the movie.
1: Nah, the best scenes when he sings.
2: Definitely. I okay <laughs> it it's the one climactic of... <laughs> scene, but not the best scene. I,
0: okay. I think that there are probably two big scenes that everybody remembers from the movie. It's the scene where Heath Ledger sings and it's the poem scene. I feel like are probably the two most iconic scenes in the movie yeah and i think that the reason that the, the poem scene is so impactful is because it feels real and it's because her tears were real
2: it was well planned out and then even better
1: better executed
2: yeah
0: there you go and then the second fun fact
1: is that me. she lists 10 things
0: no oh so even though the Title of the movie is 10 Things I Hate About You. Apparently, the number of things that she lists is up to debate. I counted it myself. How many so was it? She actually lists, excuse me, I got the burps.
1: That is making a comeback. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, although it's called 10 Things I Hate About You, Kat actually lists 14 things, according to my count. So, she lists the way you talk to me, the way you cut your hair, the way you drive my car, when you stare. Your big dumb combat boots, the way you read my mind, you so much it makes me sick, it even makes me rhyme, the way you're always right, when you lie, when you make me laugh, when you make me cry, when you're not around, the fact that you didn't call, and the way I don't hate you. So 14 things. But I then went back and checked. She actually says I hate 10 times. Right. So some of them are listed as like doubles. And some of them, she says, I hate twice in a line. And it, the I hates actually add up to 10.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's my fun fact about the, the poem. <laughs> <laughs> cool story, bro. No, just
1: Thanks. kidding. It is a good poem. Yeah. It's kind of random, though, that she does cry and walk out. And that no one really
0: I'm like, Do you gives already, shit. You already wrote it. This isn't the first time you're hearing it.
1: <laughs> this The whole high school setup is weird. Because you have the guidance counselor who's not a guidance counselor yes and then you have the teacher who's kicking students out of his class for just irritating him i
0: love him i love him too
1: but i think it's just laughable
0: because that would never happen now it's probably just a not a ploy it's probably just a tactic to get these high schoolers who should be in class for eight hours of the day out of class so that they can have scenes together (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's just a movie tactic i think mm, okay <laughs> anyway do you have any more theories
0: about why they're being kicked out of class and why the high school's set up the way that it mm-hmm. is no okay just because it's a movie
1: <laughs> but i do love the part where she
0: just asks about the assignment <laughs> and he's like get out perky's <laughs> now now (laughs) if you've ever watched the outtakes and and just like (laughs) repeating it it's so funny and they're like top of the take top of the take. like like, (laughs) go back to the top he's like what oh (laughs)
1: yeah so yeah my favorite scene obviously is when patrick sings to her
0: is that your favorite scene as well or are you with the paintball scene
1: i'd say the paintball scene
2: is my favorite closely followed by the singing scene especially since he gets the band and everything but the paintball scene is more intimate. Yeah. And that's, I think, why I prefer it. I think Cause I... Because ha- I would prefer that.
0: Yeah. I think I would go with the paintball scene as well. I just think that it's like... I feel like if anybody could go back and have their first kiss again, that's probably, like, the way I would want to do it. Yeah. I don't know. that uh, I don't, That's definitely not their first kiss. But I'm just saying, like, it's just such a perfect first kiss moment.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's their first
2: it's
0: together. It's their first. True, yeah. True.
1: And then it rivals the (laughs) kiss that he tries to give her at prom after she finds out all of that. Oh God. Don't know.
2: Someone's pissed, you don't kiss them. And she shoves him so hard. And I just
1: it makes me so happy that she does that. Because she gives him a look like, the 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 fuck fuck you are.
0: Yeah, like, excuse me, no. (laughs) Like that's not happening right now.
1: Fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: How did he think that was gonna make things better? Why didn't he? Excellent question.
1: Also, why didn't he just tell her? Why didn't he just tell her? True. No, because I was thinking about the part when he's drinking the beer and Michael's like, excuse me, before we get started, should you be drinking without a liver?
3: <laughs> I <was> like, what?
1: <laughs> I think it's great how like
2: Michael and Cameron reference all the, the like rumors <laughs> about him to him constantly. And he always gives them a look like, what are you talking or about? Or somebody <laughs> does. Yeah. like, Oh, yeah. Joey makes a Joey, comment. And he's too. like, I had
0: some great duck last night and he's just like, cool. <laughs> What? He's like, I already he ate
1: a live duck once. Everything but the beak and feathers, yeah. <laughs> and the feet. Yeah. Oh yeah, the beak and the feet. Yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> I just keep saying that. Anyway, anyway,
1: I also do want to give a shout out, kind of, to the Bianca and Cat's dad because I think he is pretty funny. Yeah. Just how he spirals <laughs> the entire time when he makes her wear the belly. <laughs>
0: patrick yeah who knocked up your sister
2: <laughs> the belly is a great scene yeah and you can just see the disgust on and you can both tell that it's not cases. the first
0: time the way that bianca yeah. puts her arms out she's just like here we go again
3: I'm like, oh man
1: <laughs> i do i think he adds a sense of comic relief that
0: but he's also such a good dad like he's obviously like a little bit too strict but i think that just like in terms of how much it comes across that he just loves his daughters more than anything in the world. Yeah. It's just like very heartwarming. That scene at the end with Kat where she, he talks about her going to college, the college that she wants and how he already sent a check and he's just like, he's just like doing the best he can. Yeah. I just, I I don't know. I love him.
2: Yeah. He's he's fabulous. I think one of my favorite scenes with him is when he's working out.
0: He does like seven crunches with the with the like crunch <laughs> ab whatever yeah. machine.
2: Yeah, but then Bianca comes to talk to him about prom or something, and he just like the the thing goes flying into yeah. the neighbor's yard.
3: Yeah,
0: thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I like what he. I never. I didn't realize until. When I watched it earlier this week, about how he's like those Dawson's River kids. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's a Dawson's Creek yeah. reference. Yeah. I did not catch that. Yep. until this time.
1: There's because, so many references. Yeah, or he, just the stuff he says that I missed as a child. You know, where he's like, "Yes, I'm up to my elbows in placenta."
0: Kissing isn't what keeps me up to my elbows in placenta. Yeah, and he's
1: just like talking about all this. I I wish I had listened to my father.
0: (laughs) No, he didn't. Well, that's what she would have said if she weren't so (laughs) doped up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I love how he worries about them differently. Yes. He doesn't worry about cat getting pregnant. No, right. Not at all. That's never the discussion. It's always about Bianca getting pregnant. He's just worried about cat being a little too independent and growing up too quickly for him. Yeah.
0: So obviously we mentioned that this is based off of William Shakespeare's the taming of the shrew. I actually kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole <laughs> digging into like what does that mean like what was the story about i read no, i didn't read the story okay i read the wikipedia synopsis get real <laughs> i was not gonna read that
1: i asked ChatGPT oh. gpt to tell me about the movie <laughs> and you know what chat gpt told me that one of the fun facts it gave me was that heath ledger wrote the poem that patrick <laughs> reads about cat and i was like you got it all wrong chat gpt so wrong i even told david i was like i thought for a second does patrick read a poem in the movie did i miss that part every single time i watched it yeah
0: maybe it's in the director's cut
1: <laughs> so you get it from wikipedia i tried to
0: get chat gpt to
1: talk to me it didn't
0: yeah i went down a rabbit hole with like what is a shrew and what is kind of the origin of that? And first of all, the Shakespeare version is significantly different. Yeah. It's very different. There's a lot more like gaslighting and manipulation that happens. While I do think that there's some manipulation that happens in this movie, part of the taming of the shrew, Patrick's character in the or equivalent in the Shakespeare version, completely gaslights Katarina's character where he's like, having her tell him that like it's daytime when it's nighttime and like somebody's a woman when they're actually a man like just like no he's not he's he's a woman and she has to be like okay it's much more manipulative and kind of dark so I'm glad that that wasn't in this yeah
1: I think there are a lot of modern films that take liberties that make it a little less dramatic yeah one thing that did I don't know the modern take of Romeo and Juliet wasn't
0: One one of the things that did carry over into this version was where Patrick pretends that like when Kat's being mean to him, it's actually like a compliment. And he's like, oh, well, why would I go for somebody who likes me when I can have blind hatred? That (laughs) sort of stuff. That was something that Petruchio did in the original, but it was far darker and more manipulative in the Shakespeare version.
1: Yeah. I do like how at the end, Because Zach did say he can't just buy her off and she just forgives him. I mean, he just betrayed her. And I like how she then she says it in the next second. Like you can't just buy me things when.
0: I actually had something in here about that line as well because I appreciate that she stood up for herself and like told him like you're going to have to do better than this going forward. But I like that his response wasn't just like, okay, I will. His admitting that like, Oh well, I can always get you drums or someday a tambourine or whatever. He wasn't he wasn't writing off the fact that he's gonna mess up, but he was also stating that he's going to make that effort to make it up to her and prioritize her still.
2: Yeah, but he was also being very true to his himself and helping her laugh instead of continuing yes. to spiral. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: Or fight about it.
0: Yeah. All right. So I. Did go down this Wikipedia rabbit hole talking about the shrew. It wasn't talking about the shrew. It wasn't talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) I went down this Wikipedia rabbit hole about, like, the origin of the term shrew. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So the shrew is actually, it's typically an unpleasant, ill-tempered woman characterized by scolding, nagging, and aggression. Just wait we'll get there. <laughs> it's a comedic stock character in literature. And I actually went down the rabbit hole of what a stock character was. Cause I was like, is that the same as a caricature? It's not quite. So it's present in both Western and Eastern storytelling and folklore. The stereotype or cliche was common in early to mid 20th century films and retain some present day currency often shifted somewhat towards the virtues of the stock female character of the heroic virago, which is not a term that I had heard, but a virago, essentially is like, if you think of Joan of Arc, <laughs> the virago is a woman who demonstrated an abundance of masculine feet virtues. Typically the word comes from the Latin word virago, <laughs> <laughs> meaning vigorous maiden. Uh, ver is, Like man or man like. Historically, this has often been a positive trait and reflected heroism and exemplary qualities of masculinity. However, it's also, it could also be derogatory, indicating a woman who is masculine to the exclusion of traditional female virtues. So things like caring and nurturing and that that sort of stuff. And I think that that is something that I wanted to touch on because I think it's been. A topic behind the scenes at least with us about like strong female characters in movies i think i actually
1: t- just looked up what the male equivalent of a shrew is and the list of words is bitch, pathetic asshole <laughs> coward weak little dick lame
0: rotten oh, shit. sorry
1: excuse for a man <laughs> so joey
0: jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fucking went in <laughs> it, did. it really did no, the,
1: yeah. i was like just curious like what's the male equivalent of a shrew because like that's pretty offensive for, for them to refer to that as an unpleasant ill-tempered woman yeah. and then it was like i think people just went in and they're like all right well this is what a man is if we're gonna call a woman a shrew yeah i feel like they
0: maybe overcompensated with some of the things
1: they said. I like the pathetic asshole <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> little dick
2: I, that's the, that's the one that struck out wow
0: they fucking went in
2: <laughs> it's probably written by a bunch of women that would be considered shrews
0: yeah
1: I think that's gross but William Shakespeare yeah. was a different breed from a different time yeah, period it was a very different time period. women were viewed very differently than they are now which is why I think it was refreshing to me that Kat remained loyal to her ideals. She yeah. kept her feminist ideals and didn't
0: par- change herself for somebody. It's also part of the reason that I was surprised to find out that it was directed by a man, but it was written by women. That's true. T- the two screenwriters were and he
1: was women. honestly like, I have no desire to do a remake of the taming of the
0: shrew until he read the, the script. And it was like witty and it. funny. And yeah. So kind of on that note the modern use of the word virago even generally takes a disparaging sense thus virago joined pejorative such as termagant mannish or amazonian and shrew so those are now considered like i don't want to say derogatory that's but they're a little bit more yeah yeah bug. yeah it's
2: yeah wonder woman might be changing that considering the amazon
0: Yep. But they never refer to themselves as like Amazonian. I feel like saying, like, oh, that's an Amazonian woman is. Is like that the proper term different. for it? What do you mean? Amazonian? No. So in like Wonder Woman, they're Amazons. Mm-hmm. But you would say, like, if you had like a tall, like strong looking woman, you would say, like, oh, that's an Amazonian woman. And that's like more mm. frowned upon now yikes the word virago has almost always <laughs> wait, we're
1: still talking about this word. <laughs> not if we don't want to we can't no i just this was is literally like... the... i thought you were about to go into a fun fact so i was like oh well, wait this we're is so... still a fun fact
0: it is this
1: continue is... i actually but am interested the... i just thought you were done when this you went the on the end tangent. of the fun fact
0: okay the word virago has almost always had an association with cultural gender roles there are recorded instances of virago such as joan of arc fighting battles wearing men's clothing and receiving the tonsure which i didn't know Mm -hmm. what that was that's like when the monks would like shave the top part of their head and leave the rest oh okay um and i would say like mulan probably falls into that category of of, like cutting her hair and and yeah dressing up as a man and Mm -hmm. stuff although i don't think viragos were typically like impersonating men i think they were just like women with what at the time was considered more like masculine traits assertive
2: Mm. women who don't back down yeah Yeah. straightforward very blunt don't cater don't just
0: they're less of the docile homemaker that was considered the norm at the time
2: yeah
1: definitely yeah yeah
0: they were just ahead of their time i think everybody's kind of always considered joan of arc ahead of her time
1: so is kat strafford yeah more so than Bianca for sure. Or any okay. of the other. I mentioned Kind it. of like Bianca's best friend. Yeah. Too.
0: Yeah. Chastity.
1: I know yeah. you can be overwhelmed <laughs> and you can be <laughs> underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I think, I think you, you can, can in, in Europe.
3: Europe. <laughs>
0: So, do we want to jump into fun facts? Do we have anything else? I mean, we're already in fun Isn't facts. Isn't that so. yeah, the only thing we've <laughs> do we do have? Discussing? Any... <laughs> Let's talk about more fun facts, different fun facts. Okay. Maybe less long fun facts.
2: <laughs> oh, I have one. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, hit me. Y'all can't see, but they both just got real interested.
0: Because I told her not to look up fun facts. I I knew that you knew fun facts, and you like, yeah, I been figured. Watching this movie, I thought... But I told her not to look up any new ones.
1: Yeah, I knew she knew fun facts. This
0: is our, I want to be the star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not why. I can go. A, no, no, please I'm don't. Just, like, that's typically <laughs> what don't. we do with guests is like we want one person to not have read through all the fun facts so that we can get some like general Because we're reactions typically not surprised when we share
1: them with each
3: other.
0: Yeah, yeah it's usually that's fair like, enough. oh, I read that.
2: <laughs> well, I, okay, so I didn't read this anywhere.
0: But you just know it. I yeah. do.
2: I just know it. I actually made the connection today while we were watching it. So both Heath Ledger and Joseph Gordon-Levitt show up in the Dark Knight trilogy. Heath Ledger is in the second one and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in the third one.
0: Nice. Did not make that connection.
1: It was listed maybe as a, I saw something about Batman that I just like apparently I did not also
0: make it that far down the list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that is really cool. It's, It's kind of crazy too. I was actually just talking to somebody today about how I'm done watching Batman films like remakes I feel like I don't want to watch his parents die again I feel like I say that
0: every time until a new one comes out and then I watch it. I think the hard
1: thing is that they've the story has we know the story yeah and it's just like really hard to kind of watch remakes
0: it's kind of like spider-man like I swear to god if I have to watch uncle Ben die again yeah I'm gonna lose it I'm glad that the Marvel ones they skipped over that well I mean they kind of went back to it a little bit but
1: it's touched on in the new spider-verse a bit
0: Oh, I meant like in the uh, the Marvel, the actual Marvel ones, like the live action Marvel movies mm-hmm. yeah. with Tom Holland. I'm glad that they did not yeah. do that.
1: That's just a fun fact about me is that I'm tired of, like, how many times do we have to watch this poor kid get traumatized by
0: the death of his parents? So sort of off of the back of that the Batman, Batman one, there was one that I can't find right now, but... Heath Ledger took a portion of his like character, part of his characters based off of some of, uh, Jack Nicholson and his like smile, for example.
3: Oh, in, in 10 Batman. 10 things I hate
1: about you? <laughs> in Batman. Yes. You mean in Batman as the Joker? No,
0: no, no. Heath Ledger's character in 10 things I hate about you. The How? like the smile that he does. That's just the way he smiled. Not always smiled. Some of the like fake ones to Joey and stuff.
2: Oh, the creepy
0: one, Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that that I can see. He said he took that from Jack Nicholson. And also, oh, what's his name? Jared Leto was also mentioned in this as like the type that Kat seems to like, the pretty boy type. And all three of those people played the Joker in a Batman movie at one point or another. And all Yikes. three
2: actually did a really good job
1: at playing different,
2: in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I did think Jared Leto's Joker was good. I don't know why people were making
2: fun of it. I think his
0: performance it. was fine. I didn't like the look. I didn't like the tattoos. That wasn't his fault, I know, I know, I know. I
1: actually loved that storyline because it went, but it I delved can't... more into the Joker himself. And because you get you get a piece of Harley Quinn's story and stuff like that. And but that's yeah.
0: also one of the one of the reasons that I never watched the new Joker, the one with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I loved that one! Though. It's really everybody good. talks about how great it is, but I don't want to know the Joker's backstory. I think that that was one of the best parts of the character was you have no idea who this person is, where they came from, how do they how they got to this point? You just know that they're batshit crazy, and I think that that makes the Joker more terrifying.
1: I'd watch it it it's not what you think in terms of you a backstory. You can watch it. No, I think you should watch <laughs> it because I think you are misinterpreting what a backstory is is. In terms of what you think the backstory of the Joker is going to show you in the film because it's not what you expect.
0: I know what the story is. I've read the Wikipedia synopsis and
1: That's annoying. You're just like I'm not going to watch this but I'm going to read the synopsis and read what happened. Yep. <laughs> I don't like that. (laughs) We can fight. Nope. David's like, I'm done. No, I just think you should give it a shot. I think it was very, very good. It's an excellent film, but you do have to be very prepared to deal with the emotional. You feel really bad for him. You do. You do. You know, and then there is that like twist, which I guess David's right about it, but where he's imagined all these things.
2: Yeah, it it, it goes deep into insanity and delusion and Mm -hmm. the kinds of things that trauma can do to a person.
1: Yeah. Should we
2: get back to the actual movie we're here to discuss? Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Amanda, for keeping us on track. Do you have another fun fact?
0: Yeah. So Amanda actually mentioned this while we were watching it today about how the high school is like very grand and looks like a castle and all of that kind of stuff.
2: It's basically Hogwarts in Seattle.
0: So this building was not originally built as a school. Uh, Stadium High School is the name of the school. It is located in Tacoma, Washington, and it was first built as a Grand Chateau-style railroad station hotel. But after it suffered some fire damage, it was renovated into a high school. So that's why it looks like that.
2: That's a pretty cool story.
0: Yeah. And... Sorry, you can go ahead, Rita. You, were, you sounded like, or you, you looked like you were going to say something.
1: I was going to say yes. <laughs> oh.
0: So this movie, we'll talk about it. I'll tell you what I scored it later. Okay. And this is why I gave it a certain, one of my scores, was this movie was filmed 100% on location. There were no sets for this film.
1: It was pretty cool. It was cool.
0: all filmed in Washington. It was all filmed at the school. It was all filmed on the lake. It was all like nothing was staged, no green screen, no nothing.
2: That's really cool, especially considering how you see the song for the credits at the end. Oh, yeah. How did they even get
1: up there? (laughs) Oh, well, there's like a whole thing about that. Actually, David, you can...
0: Oh, no, I've been doing it. I have to find it. You find it? I have um, some other ones kind of about that. This was filmed at a real functioning high school. Like This is a real school that kids go to. So they wanted to use the school's marching band from that high school in the marching band scene where he's singing but that school doesn't actually have a marching band
2: oh that's I so know, sad I know.
0: so they got <laughs> they got another school's marching band to come in and do that scene the kid that heath ledger pays off in the hallway yeah before that scene is actually the, was the leader of the marching band and some of the band members from stadium high school that didn't have a marching band were in the marching band scene but they had to be taught how to march
1: (laughs) (laughs) they did a pretty good job yeah it was fabulous you you cannot tell that there's no experience there
0: that's i feel like that's something that just doesn't maybe it does happen but it doesn't get talked about i guess it didn't really get talked about in this until now when we're talking about it but just like first
1: time ever in history (laughs) yeah but just like
0: (laughs) You're like, oh, we need a marching band. Let's get the marching band from this school. I feel like it would have just been like extras pretending to be a marching band. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. That's true. I think that that's cool.
1: Yes. So in an interview with PopDose, Letters to Cleo lead singer Kay Hanley said they had to perform their song on a patch of roof the size of Hanley's kitchen on a windy day. So they told us this is a helicopter shot and it costs $500,000 every time the helicopter has to take off. So don't fuck this up. As we started playing, we saw the helicopter appear off in the distance. It's hard to say how far away it was at first because we were so high up in the air. But then all of a sudden, the helicopter does this dive bomb directly towards us. Is the helicopter out of control? Is it supposed to be coming at us like this? And I'm thinking, don't fuck up. Keep singing the song. Don't fuck up. It costs 500 grand every time the copter takes off. It was unbelievably scary, but it turned out to be such an amazing shot.
0: It's iconic. I
1: it actually, really is. After reading that, I watched that clip to see if i could see fear in them and you can't tell that they were afraid at all i also
0: didn't and it's probably because they were like zooming and focusing or whatever i didn't notice a point where it seemed like at least from the camera point of view that that it it was diving at
2: them (laughs) no i think it's really just like at the beginning of it when like you see the whole school and they're coming in towards it that's but yeah like you were scary yeah That'd oh. be kind of
1: scary, I guess. Oh, for sure. If you don't bit. know what's happening. But... Yeah, for sure. You're and just... then they're telling you $500,000 is and riding on
0: And it's windy and yeah. they're... you're on top of a building that is, you do not That's have a lot sketchy. of room up there.
1: Yeah. No. It's if
2: definitely... the drummer
0: tilted backwards, he'd gone. He's gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been up there because I'm way too afraid of heights. No, nope. so. oh. I can't even go look over the edge on the second fl- floor of a mall.
2: <laughs> I can't walk upstairs that don't have a thing in between them. I do not blame you. <laughs>
0: So the song lyrics, cruel to be kind, I found this fun fact, is a reference to the play Hamlet.
1: Okay. So okay. It was Hamlet. Yeah. Yeah. What did we say, Macbeth? Yeah. Yeah. One of yeah. the we said it was one of the two. This one made me laugh because I don't think the scene in this film was that great, but the table dance scene is what led to Julia Styles landing the leading role in Save the Last Dance. But I think her dance in Save the Last Dance was really bad. But Yeah. <laughs> cringy kind of so it's kind of funny that because her dancing on the table is kind of cringy
0: i like her dance at the end her audition dance i think that one's kind of cool probably because of the editing yeah i I love that movie though
1: it's a good
2: movie it's
0: oh it hits me right in the feels it's so sad
2: it has a happy (laughs) ending that's (laughs) true
0: that's true it does it's a good movie it's really good
2: Back to this movie.
0: Back to this movie. Kat Stratford is excited that she got into Sarah Lawrence College, but in reality, Larissa, how did you say her name? Olenek? Mm -hmm. Olenek, who played Bianca, actually went to Sarah Lawrence.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Julia Stiles actually originally auditioned for the role of Bianca, and Larissa Olenek really wanted to play Kat. And despite Kat being two years older than Bianca, Styles is only three months older than Olenek in real life. Pretty you definitely
0: feel it. Feels like there's an age difference in the movie. It
1: does. I definitely felt it, and it would be weird to see them in opposite roles, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't. Uh, it, it's real hard in movies like this where you've seen it a zillion times, yep. and each of the characters is already just made in your brain you can't unmake them but yeah it's it's so hard in these kinds of scenarios to just what would she have been like in the bianca role like i just
0: and i feel like it's also hard to see them as only being three months apart because as far as i've been concerned they've been two years apart in my (laughs) mind since i saw this movie yeah Yeah.
1: and they kind of act it
0: yeah yeah definitely
2: especially the way they dress bianca and the way cat dresses like the scene, it sticks out to me because she's not dressed like a little girl all the time. She's dressed very much as like a teenager. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> the tire
1: swing. Yes. Yep. Because that's the first time I noticed it on this watch. Yeah. I was like, look at how she's, she's dressed like Little House on the Prairie. She's dressed like a four-year-old. Yeah. Like,
2: and it's, I mean, with the, the little socks, with the ruffles and the Mary Janes, and then the like pink cardigan and little white dress. No, it. All of the others are like form-fitted kind of lacy dresses that are still very high school but not little innocent Whereas, and that's
1: the one where it's i noticed it was like, you're like yeah, it's, it's so, weird like a it's a little change change mm-hmm. mm-hmm. wardrobe
2: yeah. yeah yeah like if they had left her in just like the jeans and sneakers and like a cart like the hoodie like that would have been pretty much perfect no no high, no no junior in high school is going to go put on an outfit like that, unless they're like in a She's play a or something, right? Oh, I said junior. Yeah, yeah, I meant sophomore.
1: Regardless, yes, a junior would not either. No, yes. true. So, true, true. Yeah, I, I. The minute you were saying it, I was like, I literally just noticed that. Yeah. and thought it was so bizarre. That one
0: does seem to like stand out against all of the rest, which I feel like. David Krumholtz character what was his name the friend Michael Michael I feel like he kind of said it perfectly that like that sundress was picked deliberately to make boys like us realize that we can never touch her and boys like Joey to realize that they want to like it's a very deliberate Mm -hmm. choice those kind of outfits except for that one that one's a little bit like
1: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it is
0: interesting (laughs)
1: Did you guys know there was a German version of this film?
0: I saw some of the things that they used instead.
1: So there's there's a German version and the German version cat wants to go to Harvard and the picture Bianca found in her drawer is a picture of Johnny Depp instead of Jared Leto. And then the only thing that stayed the same was the word bratwurst. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't engorged. <laughs> yeah. It's not used as it's supposed to be in the beginning of the movie, but that's like, and it's this fun fact says probably because both were more popular in Germany by the time <laughs> the word bratwurst remained. And it's like, okay, that's great. So <laughs> I thought that was really interesting.
3: Yeah.
2: So I actually I, have another one. Sure. Um, so it's it's not this movie specifically, but um, Gabrielle Union did later go on in her career to also um, star in a movie that was
1: based on Taming of the Shrew.
0: Oh right, I did. Is
1: it She's all that. No, No. she's not in that. Gabrielle Union? Yeah, I thought she was in She's All That.
0: I haven't seen that one in a really long time. Well, that's (laughs) But what what film
1: is it?
2: I don't I don't know I don't remember the name of the film and I was told not to look
1: anything up. You can look something up up. up. now. Yeah, you can look it up now. Because that's probably gonna bother you.
0: I have one while you're looking that up though. David Crumholtz, who I just learned played Michael. In the film wrote a piece for Vulture explaining why he thought the movie worked so well. He stated the entire cast became fast friends. This is a quote. Joseph Gordon-Levitt turned me on to fish. I turned him on to Wu-Tang Clan. The actor wrote Gabrielle Union had us in stitches. Julia Stiles brought her own brand of Soho bred artistic intellectualism. She was, yeah, she was also uh, only 17 at the time. Larissa Olenek, uh, laughter filled the room, and we marveled at the tonedness of Andrew Keegan's muscles, and he was a great sport about it. And then they were concerned because they started filming while, before Heath Ledger got there, and they were worried about how his presence was going to change the dynamic within the group. Uh, so filming began without him. And this was a concern that was remedied a few days later when he arrived, and we found yet another comrade in sensibility. The group with Heath only got stronger. Before I knew it, the cast was experiencing what I've found, what I've since found to be all too rare: a unified chemistry throughout the the ensemble, without a single bad apple in the bunch. We all agreed that we were having the best summer of our lives.
1: That's so heartwarming.
0: I know. Yeah. Doesn't it just make you like the movie? Hey, we even all more? liked
1: each other. There was no drama. Yeah.
0: And I think that we kind of got a a little glimpse of that in the outtakes and the credit. Definitely. Like yeah. when Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger are pretending they're yeah. gonna jump in the back seat. and
1: Yeah,
2: my favorite is on the dance floor at prom. <laughs> where,
0: yeah, when they just <laughs> like Joey tackle each other. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then they jump back up and they're like, what, that's all you got? <laughs> yeah. Start doing Three Stooges.
0: <laughs> no, and I think that it really, obviously there are some movies that pull together like Four Christmases, even when there's like hardships behind the scenes or like people aren't gelling quite, people can pull it together and may, still make a good movie. But I really feel like you can tell when a movie is just like the, the chemistry just was right when this was being mm-hmm. made. Like things just, uh, the stars aligned and a, a movie, a great movie came from it. Yeah. And, it, and that fun fact just makes me love the movie more. Agreed. All right, so Amanda found the movie that that Gabrielle Union was in. What was it called?
2: I did. It is called Deliver Us from Eva. And it has LL LL Cool J in it
0: as as Patrick.
1: I remember that. Or excuse me, as Ray.
0: I don't think I ever saw the movie, but I definitely remember it. Like, I recognize the name.
1: I've watched it with my sister before. I do. That is very similar. Her character is very similar to Kat. Cool. Interesting.
0: Very interesting.
1: The house that was used in the film for Bianca cat and their father still stands at two seven one five North Jeanette in Tacoma, Washington, both the interior and exterior of the house were used in the film. And I looked it up on Zillow. The Zestimate is 2.3 million, but then in 2000 it was sold at $524,000. So.
0: Holy cow. Cause the fun fact I saw about that said that it was listed for like 1.6 million.
1: Yeah. It, this estimate now says two point three million, but in two thousand it was even half a million. That's so that was crazy. like a year after the film. Yeah, it was sold for that much. So
0: that was really expensive at the time. Yeah, yeah. that was very expensive. Now but that's like
1: it's thirty eight hundred square feet. I can has find five something bedrooms more than that in And downtown. four bathrooms,
2: and has a really sweet view and deck wrap with around a hot tub. Yeah. yeah. Wrap
1: around and a tire swing yeah and a random tire
2: swing (laughs) that teenage girls definitely don't need
1: that teenage girls in that film mope on yeah (laughs) just stay in your room and mope
0: (laughs) so i just noticed reading this fun fact that cameron's last name is james so he is cameron james not james cameron (laughs) (laughs) did you know that joseph gordon levitt speaks french fluently that was gonna be fun
1: fact. Oh, sorry. (laughs)
0: That's okay. So obviously he's the French tutor for Bianca and he doesn't know French, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt does speak French fluently.
1: Well, he is basically perfect. So he's imagine playing Joseph, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Cameron James pretending to not know French, but he does know French. So he's trying to speak bad French, but
0: I thought about that in the scene where Bianca's like speaking maybe perfect. It's, maybe French. it's stuck up your butt. <laughs> like when are you gonna ask me out? And just thinking about like he knew everything she was saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I I wonder if he was fluent at the time, because he was very young still. Maybe but he also has a baby face, so maybe he wasn't. He that was young. also on actually...
1: Jeopardy and did a great job. So I didn't know that. Yeah, and you should look up his episode because he has really long hair in it and he's like, I'm really excited <laughs> to be here.
0: <laughs> the first thing I remember him in was Uh, Third Rock from the Sun, sun. which I think he had long hair in that. He did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He was the oldest of the group yet in the youngest body and was Mm -hmm. pissed because he couldn't yell at everybody and make them do what he wanted.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen Third Rock from the Sun.
2: It's hysterical. I'm going to have to put
1: it on my list then. Yeah. I need something like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's straight a, up
0: hysterical, it's like a 90s sitcom, right? But yeah. it's not Which your typical sitcom. Yeah, but it's like the, this family of aliens come down and they all get put in these human bodies. And so like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the oldest, but he's in the youngest body
3: Oh, and, and
0: stuff. And there's a girl who's, who's like super hypersexual,
2: right? Except that like, <sighs> I mean, she's not a female alien, right? Like, yeah she's a
0: male alien in a female body and <laughs> in so a that's, human that's cool. female body. so that's why she's like hypersexual and stuff
2: oh because she keeps discovering things about herself like oh and you would
0: probably recognize the actress that plays her i cannot think of her name to save my life no
2: and then you also have um uh the the mailman who is the guy from jurassic park who gets eaten
0: like immediately Oh yeah it's funny you should check it out though. i
1: had no idea it was like a 90s thing either yeah yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it was one it of was the shows the that i was, know about that it would
1: watch
2: and it has strong female characters and yeah. ridiculous hysterical
1: men <laughs> i'm gonna put it on my list i already wrote it down for
2: watching anyway okay. so yeah joseph gordon levitt went from playing like real nerdy like awkward socially fringe characters to oh, yeah. now being a leading man Who is just like fawned over.
0: He's in one of my guilty pleasure movies that I want to do at some point called Premium Rush where he plays a bike messenger. It is a good time. Yeah. (laughs) He's a (laughs) bike messenger who ends up getting something that has to do with drugs and that so people are trying to get it back from him. Oh. And so he's like on the run. It's really entertaining.
1: I definitely did not appreciate the talent and attractiveness of joseph gordon levitt in this film
0: oh yeah no he was definitely like he definitely scrawny, wasn't the one that i was like guy.
1: oh he's really cute yeah,
0: i don't I honestly I don't, was
1: kind of like mm. i don't think he called,
0: holds a candle to heath ledger in this movie
1: right like bianca should have been going for patrick too <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i also I, one thing i noticed and thought about in this movie was like obviously we learned that patrick has like a lot more depth to him and he's a much more caring person how did he end up with this like Bad guy, crazy person persona in high school
1: because he probably just was quiet and
0: didn't. But he's like
1: talk to anyone,
0: playing with the fire and smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and like playing with a knife and stuff. But then you find out that he's actually like this really genuine nice person.
2: Okay, nice people can play with fire and knives. No, I just I just
1: wonder how that part was improvised by Heath Ledger, by the way.
0: Which part? The The part part was was playing playing with with fire. fire. Oh yeah he just screams in that scene, somebody who drank too much coffee and cannot sit still.
3: Yeah. That's <laughs> like every he's like high tra- schooler. Trying
0: to light his cigarette and somebody takes it away. And so he's just like <laughs> <laughs> through the fire. Have he's you not like, seen
1: someone with ADHD before? Yeah.
0: That's true. That's true. Wow. Look at them like having accurate representation of high schoolers with ADHD. <laughs> so ahead of their time.
2: But he was gone for a year and then he dressed in black. He. His hair was not typical. Like nothing about him was. Yeah. He was a fringe character. Rumors get made about fringe characters.
0: True. Yeah. In high true. school, people who are different get. Absolutely. Yeah, high school
1: definitely. is brutal. Yeah. Did you talk about just... the high school name?
0: Stadium High School. No, the high school. Oh, in... no, 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 not yet. Okay. Go for it.
1: Do you have that fun fact?
0: I don't have it pulled up right now.
1: Oh, the high school is named Padua, Padua. in reference to the town where taming of the shrew is set.
2: It would be interesting to see if we counted like actually how many references
1: are made drinking game there's there's a that, lot no a lot. <laughs> that'd be a little rough i also noticed that heath ledger says bogey lowenstein's name wrong did you guys notice no that? when he's talking to her and he asks if she's going to the party he's like are you going to that bogey lowenbrows party or whatever and there were just so many things i picked up on that i didn't pick up on on so many other watches before
3: yeah
2: oh kind of like bianca saying cameron's name wrong
1: three times that that <laughs> yeah, was I really annoying
2: yeah
0: She's But like, i think that that was like un problemo
2: calvin <laughs> <laughs> curtis
0: yeah no i think that that was part of her character though just the fact that she was like very clearly using him yes and was being very selfish in that moment that she didn't even Care to, know to, his name. Uh, care to know his name
2: yeah he could provide her with a service that she desperately wanted and that's all she cared about and that's that's oh. kind of why i say she has grown the most yeah from beginning to end of the movie
0: definitely so here's the the quote about like all the different names used in the movie so several of the names reflect the shakespearean origin of the taming of the shrew bianca and Kat's last name is stratford which is william shakespeare was born in stratford up Upon Avon, I guess. Patrick's name, uh, last name is Verona, which is the birthplace of Petruchio in the corresponding, who is the corresponding character in the play, and the high school is obviously called Padua, which is the city in which the play is set, and the two sisters' names, Caterina and Bianca, are the same in the play.
1: I think we should count the references.
0: <laughs> Not right now. Go back and do it right now. Yeah, let's go watch the movie again. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll be back in a little bit. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: And however many hours the runtime is. That was it for me for Fun Facts.
0: I had some. I just lost them trying to find that other one. Let me find it real quick.
2: So while you're looking, I'm going to let y'all know this real quick. Totally forgot to score this. So we're going to be pulling numbers out of the air. (laughs) Okay.
0: That's beautiful. Oh, this is the one. So Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith. Those were the screenplay writers. Those were the two that wrote this movie. So credit to them for the strong female leads and characters and all of that kind of stuff. They would actually go on to write Legally Blonde and The House Bunny, two other movies that feature obviously Legally Blonde, strong female character for sure. The House Bunny, I think also it's been a long time since I've seen that. I do know the premise. premise and I've seen it for sure. I remember, the scene that I remember from that movie is when they're at the restaurant and she's trying to be all like sexy and be like the perfect girl that that her, she thinks her date wants and she's like can I get the mahi mahi but just one mahi because I'm not that hungry <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like pouring stuff on herself she's like ooh I'm so hot <laughs> that's the scene that I remember yeah. cause the mahi mahi thing is so funny I don't so think funny.
1: there's some I think legally blonde and the house bunny are a little different in terms of female characters. Yeah, I just mean like... But I love the character of Kat. I think growing up I thought she was a little brutal, but Mm -hmm. I've appreciated her more now that I'm older. She was always my favorite. (laughs) That's fair, actually. (laughs) Older sister, I think.
2: Well, I mean, I've always been a French character myself, so I (laughs) appreciate that that aspect.
1: (laughs) Was that... I think that's pretty much it. Cool. Should we score this thing? Sure. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So for... Mine's pretty straightforward. <laughs> this is not going to be a hard one to average.
2: Ten. All the way around.
0: Close. Okay. <laughs> so for funny, I gave it an eight.
1: I give it a nine. I would say an eight.
0: I think it's clever and punchy, but it's not like... No part of it's, like, super unbelievable. I watched it really high, funny.
1: so maybe I laughed a little bit more <laughs> when I was scoring
2: it. <laughs> I think it's the the comedy is definitely on up there just because the yeah. characters are also just so real. Oh, They're not...
0: That was definitely something that I read. I, I couldn't find the fun fact if you had a gun to my head, but they mentioned that I think it was the director, part of the thing that sold him on it, why he found it so funny was because... Uh, The comedy was character, like came from the characters. It wasn't like funny for funny's sake. It all stemmed from who the characters were. So that's just obviously good writing. That's how it should be. Acting.
1: Nine. Ten.
0: I give it an eight. I think it's really good, but I I think (laughs) she she, gives you an eight. (laughs) I think, I mean, I I don't think there's anybody that's like particularly weak. I think that there were some scenes where I could see the wheels turning with some of the actors, but I Mm -hmm. think that overall they had like great chemistry and uh, effects.
1: There weren't really any. So that copter scene was pretty intense. I gave it a nine.
0: This is the one that I gave it a 10. Because I appreciate that everything was practical, it was all shot on location, there were no sets, there were no effects, there were, it was all real yeah. and I've harped on it in the past, I practically beat it to death about how I will f- <laughs> appreciate practical effects over CGI any day yeah. of the week. Yes. I just think when people are pushed to be innovative, that's when we get the best things, best scenes and best outcomes. Yep. Story. Nine. <laughs> I also gave it a nine.
1: Yeah, nine. I'd say it's a great story. It's just yeah. not original, obviously. I mean, it is original, yeah. but, you know.
2: It's loosely based
1: on yes. taming of the So Zero. they do use some influences, which is great. But, yes. So mine took, my score is a nine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually didn't do an average. It's 16, 26, 35. So seven. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> my average score can't be <laughs> lower than all of my no, scores. Wait, what did you give it? A nine, a... uh <laughs> Eight, eight, 10, and nine. Did I just do math wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, there's no question. <laughs> I definitely did math wrong. Right. 8.75.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: 8.
0: Okay.
2: Mine's a 9.25. Nice. Great. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I think these are all. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner? Yes. Duck dinner. (laughs) Minus the feet.
2: I
0: also tend, I noticed on watching this that I tend to really like this kind of, this trope in rom-coms, the like, let's pretend to date and then we develop real feelings. Like to all the boys I loved before and stuff like that. Although they didn't
1: pretend to date.
0: I mean, there was a deception involved in the dating. Like, Patrick wasn't in it for the right reasons initially.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't like they were both in on it. Yeah. She thought it was real dating. Yeah. And he kind of fell for or it like in a way.
0: how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah. Like, obviously, they were really dating, but there's, like, some kind of...
2: Neither one were dating for the purpose of dating. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. both dating to... Further their own agenda and their own situation, and that's what Patrick started out as.
3: Yeah, he was in I tend it to, to get
2: the money, and then he gets
1: over himself. And
0: yeah, I like, I like,
1: Cat wasn't doing that though.
0: Correct. Yeah, I. But I like those, those kind of that trope. Yeah. So...
1: Although I feel like in the real world it wouldn't go down like that. Like I feel like in the real world it wouldn't be that easy to get over oh, a betrayal for sure. like that. Oh, rom-coms sure. are never about the real world. I know. <laughs> yeah it's a break from reality
0: that's so, what the movie is i guess last thing on the agenda is this new section that i'm trying to incorporate in here and if you guys hate it let us know it's
1: still <laughs> you were asking me and amanda <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh. well,
0: <laughs> obviously i would be speaking to both of you as well <laughs> but also anybody else listening this weekly obsessions thing I want a new name. I've kind of like been brainstorming for something else. I got some feedback from work and I'm thinking something like the weekly a la carte because it's kind of food based and, but also separate from the main topic that we're talking about. So it's re- unrelated or like somebody mentioned off menu or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Secret menu. Yeah. So Obviously we can do like the last couple months since we've been gone for a while. It's not like we've been gone for a week. So have you guys had anything like TV shows, music, new hobbies, things that you're interested in can really be anything that's kind of been on your mind, a new band, a song that's been stuck in your head, anything.
2: Um, that, not really a song or for the past few months. I, I changed direction so many times. I'm no, can't do that. Um but lately I've uh, started watching Parks and Rec again.
3: Oh, I love that show. Okay. Just
2: because it we we all need more of Leslie Nope in our own personalities. Like mm-hmm. her just innocent tenacity and resiliency is so needed in times where you're just having a hard time. So no. yeah. it's just It's such a happy-go-lucky show that also has meaning and serious relationships in it.
1: Yeah. I would argue that I love Parks and Rec more than The Office. But some (gasps) people think I'm wrong. And The the Office just feels too
2: real. So I'm just like, nope, can't do this mess. I could just...
0: I just never... The Office never resonated with me the way that Parks and Rec did. Yeah.
2: You've also never had an office job. That's true. So... That's, for me, sometimes watching things like Office Space but I've also, or The Office. I've also
0: never worked for the Parks and Recreation Department.
1: No, but I feel like... that. But the the true Parks and Recreation Department probably doesn't goof off as much as these oh, people yeah. do. Yeah. Like, you know, like Ron Swanson basically hiring April to <laughs> Does nothing. fuck up all of his messages <laughs> is not something that would fly. Yeah, yeah. Or like Andy... I actually just watched the episode the other day where he's like did you know that the food we eat turns into energy that's pasta (laughs) that's tacos (laughs) it's like just listing off all these foods
0: Uh, the last time you liked chris pratt
1: no he (laughs) redeemed himself in the new guardians
0: oh because star lord admits that he you you didn't like chris pratt for the same reason that amanda hated ben affleck for like 20 years (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm still very annoyed with him whenever I watch that, that movie wait Pearl
0: um, Harbor Dave, oh. okay,
2: yeah so if y'all didn't pick up earlier I do love Josh Hartnett and yeah. so for those of you who have seen Pearl Harbor Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett are best friends and Ben Affleck is presumed dead and so Josh Hartnett kind of moves in on his girl who he loved first Yeah. before Ben Affleck even saw her but then Josh Hartnett dies for Ben Affleck, and I didn't think Ben Affleck deserved that. So. Yeah,
0: you know what I thought at the end of that movie? <laughs> I thought Kate Beckinsale didn't deserve either of them.
2: <laughs> Fact: she yeah. was in a rough position.
0: Yeah, she was. She did not have an easy choice, but I still think she made the wrong one. <laughs> I mean, I just th- I was like, man, you are. I mean, I get that she's supposed to be like in love with both of them, but I thought both of them were like stand-up guys, and. She kind of played them a little bit. I
2: don't think so. How did she play them? She was confused.
0: She, yeah, she was confused. You're right. But I and it was a I was just and like
2: war zone. I was just like man, yeah.
0: both of these guys are good. Well, nah, you don't deserve either nah. one of
1: them. Nah, well, nah, nah. I I dislike Chris I disliked Chris Pratt because Star Lord <laughs> ruined everything in, in Avengers. Yeah. You could have just held in your anger for two more seconds, dude, and Thanos would have been done. Yeah. And then everybody would have lived and Guess the what? No they could have brought Gamora movie. back. So he single handedly ruined the <laughs> he world. He did. He did. So that's and why I hated him. And he's
0: while. he seems like he's been scientifically engineered to be annoying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just kind of the role Chris Pratt plays.
0: Yeah. Sometimes. He's I kinda... loved
1: him as Andy in Parks and Rec though. Yeah. I thought he was so funny. Yeah. But I don't have a current obsession because I've been working too much so.
0: Weren't you watching? Oh I think you mentioned it last time though. You were watching season two of Ted Lasso.
1: We finished Ted Lasso. Finished Never Have I Ever. So I don't really have anything and I think right Ted now. That's on my...
0: Kind of one of the things that brought that to mind was Ted Lasso from what I hear is kind of the show, the modern or the more current show that kind of fills that void that Amanda was talking about, about like when you've had a rough day and you just want something that's like very positive and wholesome. That's kind of what I've heard about Ted Lasso. Yeah, kind of. I've heard the
1: same thing. I just- it, it delves into topics too about like, you know, dealing with your emotions and sure. being raised in a way to learn things, you know, cause Ted learns behaviors from his mother about how to cope with stress and yeah. it doesn't end well for him. And he gets to confront that with her. And so there are deep episodes too, but for yeah. the most part, they're fun. Yeah. What is your obsession? Yeah
0: um over the last i would say it's not like obviously this week it was like last month but the tv show yellow jackets it's, it's on so, my list it's so good oh I my gosh it is so i like it it is so dark and i wouldn't say it's scary but it's definitely creepy and eerie it's but it's like a mystery obviously it's about like this I don't know why I said obviously some people might not have heard about it. Jen is listening and Jen is the one who told me to watch it. So she knows obviously Jen, (laughs) but it's got Christina Ricci in it and she is the best character in the show. She is so entertaining. She is so twisted and effed up, but (laughs) like in the best way, she's so demented it's fantastic. It's so entertaining. Like she is so far off. Killed the her. right course as far as like the moral compass goes, but God, she's entertaining. <laughs> I'll
1: have to check it out.
0: Yeah. So that would be mine was yellow jackets. Watch it. It's good. we Will do. All right. So that's all we've got for this episode. Unless anybody has anything to add. Thanks oh. for being here, Amanda. Yeah. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. Of yeah. course. I'm just excited. Yeah.
0: yeah this will be really fun. Yeah. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at box office brunch. So, you know, when we're posting and email us your thoughts, recommendations, anything at box office brunch podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Can I get a mimosa?